The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone. And it's just a pleasure to be with you. Always look forward to this hour of power and always enjoy the, the opportunity to be part of this incredible Unity Online Network with just amazing um, hosts on the show. And we're able to reach people 24-7 with great messages uh, that are provocative, that are instructive, and that enhance uh, people's ability to live more of a full and actualizing life. So it's my pleasure to have you. I want to thank all of you, first and foremost, for the many ways that you share the show. I love to hear from you about the show. If you would like to list some other comments, please go into the postings on Facebook at Public Temple Hayes Facebook and let me know some of your thoughts. We are going to be going Facebook Live again, but we are building towards that in the next month or two. So we just really appreciate you so much. Speaking of appreciation, I always love it when I travel and I'm on the road and I have an opportunity to meet great people everywhere. And at this particular endeavor, I was at Unity of Houston. I was the guest speaker of the day and I met two incredible beings who happened to be together as a couple. So they already figured that out long before any of the rest of us did. Kent and Renee Miller, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having us on, Dimple. Well, it was just so wonderful meeting you with our encounter because we were kind of surface chatting, which is what most people do when they're first saying hello. But Renee, you started talking about your wonderful husband and you just was going on and on and on and I went whoa we need to know more so why don't you start um, by just sharing uh, whatever you feel called to as far as the the way that all of this work has come about for the two of you okay Um, thank you it started um, about 1997 when we met, um, and about two weeks into our conversing over the phone, I had mentioned to Kent that I didn't know why. I felt like I, we, I had to write a book, but I didn't know what that would be about. And Kent said, you know, when I was going through cancer, and that was probably 30 years prior, he had two bouts two separate bouts of cancer, and uh, he was going through chemotherapy. He started writing a book, but after three chapters, he put it away. So I'll let Kent talk about that book. Well, um, we, we hadn't gotten married yet. We were just going together. And I had written three chapters in 19, about 1980, after my first bout with cancer, And the chapters that I had written um, contained um, her name, Renee, and I described her in the book 
was dark haired then and blue eyes, and she was a Leo. And I described, um, we lived on Ashley Lane, or she lived on Ashley Lane, which is her youngest daughter's name, and the uncle's name in that family was Brandon. There was a big picture in the uh, in the um, office area of this person called Brandon. And the grandmother, Renee, and another person, Jeanette, was living with her grandmother, and her name was Laura, or Laurie. So with that, I told Renee. So what happened was that in these three chapters, he had my name and my physical description, my son sign, my mother's name, and two of my three children's names in three chapters. And this was like... I love it. I love these kind of stories. They're just they're the way life is meant to be all the time. And so and and I just want to say, uh, Kent, without getting too away from your story of digressing, God bless you for living with the Leo. Being one, bless you. That's what I'm gonna say about that. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Well, and I had um, told Renee this, and, and of course, I start we start connecting dots then. But be- so let's, let's back- hold on to this because this is really big, and for you know myself and for people listening, it's like, you know, it's like what? So years previously to meeting Renee in person, who would go on to be your wife, and you would be a couple years prior. You had written three chapters of a book that was left unfinished at the time that had her name, her son sign, and the names of her children in the book. Now, did you make some kind of reference as, was this like a novel, or were you actually feeling the energy of this, or how, what was behind the scenes with the storytelling with these names? The, I was the uh, um, deputy fire marshal at the time. Actually, I was... I'm working for a county, and I became a deputy fire marshal. But at the time, I was working for a county fire department, and I had not even gotten into what we're doing now, even even contemplating it, because I was in um, the, the fire department. They used to call me Spock because uh, things were black and white. I was an expert witness, and there was no in between. So I <laughs> I had to go. I went straight down the line. Okay. So my background is a hazmat investigator, and, and and before that in the army is and in army intelligence. So I was just a black and white person. So this didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And so the book itself was was I planned on writing a novel in the book, and what I felt should be in the book. That's how that came about. But I was going through severe cancer then, and I was trying to write what my thoughts were. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So after I was um, went through chemotherapy after the first cancer, I went through a second cancer about a uh, year and a half or so later, and it, masked, it um, went to the um, um, uh, ball inside my um, uh, abdomen. And they had the x-rays showing the mass in it. And they had to go through surgery to take out 
this mass that's in this ball in my abdomen. Well, I had a miraculous healing, and I knew that God, the Creator, healed me for a purpose, but I didn't know what that purpose was. And the healing, the, the time I got the healing, it was obvious to me um, because of the, the things that screamed out of me that I had had a healing. I went to various churches saying, God had healed me. I could move a mountain right now if I needed to, but God had healed me, and I'm going through this surgery to show you that God is still alive. <laughs> and what was God. the kind of responses that you got from that? Kind of, you know, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, okay, yeah. In the typical. Oh, yeah, we we come here response. every week and we dedicate our life to this, but what are you talking about? Yeah. Some kind of miraculous God could heal a person? What? Yeah, no, no such thing. Well, oh, I went word. through the surgery. Thank heavens for they... unity, right? <laughs> yeah, I went through surgery when they opened me. They took a scalpel to to. to cut out the uh, the ball that was inside me, and when they cut it, it opened and there was nothing in it. It was absolutely clear. Uh, and I had a laparotomy. Wow. So with that, I went back to the churches and I said, see what God can do if you can believe in God? Truly believe in the Creator? And it's like I... uh, some kind of story I read one time, but the gist of it is obviously a member of the congregation believes in God, but for some reason the beliefs of the church do not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Wow. So with that, That's everything scary. started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started. I didn't really connect the dots in, but I knew that the, the the Creator had something that I had to do. I did not know what it was then, so I started working with one to one on cancer patients. And so, so I lost um, my wife then in in '95, and I met Renee in '97, and things began to happen. And she can explain from there. So um, we were a blended family at first. We had four kids at home. Kent has one from a previous marriage, and I had three, and. Um, so we had quite a bit of um, getting to know each other and assimilating um, and then raising these children. Um, one was pretty much out of the house when we got married. But in 2006, the last child left the house, and it was that year that I had um, asked Kent to go with me um, to a hypnotherapist for a a past life regression, and nothing happened. But Kent got into a conversation with this hypnotherapist. His name was Dennis, and he said, you know, I used to know a hypnotherapist 30-some years ago named Edie, and um, went into detail about Edie, and this dentist said, I know Edie, I see her every week. And so Kent said, well, I would sure like to catch up with her. So Dennis put us in communication with Edie, and on the occasion we were all together, Edie and Kent and I, um, Edie had explained to us that, and she was a member of Unity Church. Now, my background was Catholic, and Kent's was, I, I like to call him a diehard Baptist. Um, he was 
very much involved in the church. And so um, Edie was the first person we had met who belonged to Unity. And she told us that she um, had um, called a psychic friend of hers about three months prior. And he told her, you know, in about three months, you were going to meet two men in the vicinity of Thornton Road across from the Elks Lodge. That is where we met this Dennis, the hypnotherapist. And as soon as, as, soon as she told us this, this psychic friend of hers who gave her the message walked in the door of this restaurant we were in. And from that point on, every time we got together, there were things like that happening. And then Edie was the one who recognized that there was something going on because she had the metaphysical background and she was putting two and two together. We were, we would see it and go, oh, that's strange. <laughs> and then it was gone. But she ended up calling another psychic and having reading. And this other psychic in another state told her, this man you're talking about, through meditation, he is going to be able to reach a high level of source. And he is going to receive ancient information. And he's going to receive new information. And the three of you are going to write a book. And you're going to travel and lecture. Well, when she came back to tell us that, we were just, our, our mouths dropped open and we said, well, what is source? And Ken says, I don't know how to meditate. So from there, we just kind of turned it into a joke and laughed about it and, and brushed it off. And so about a month later, um, we were all together and we started asking, well, you know, could this be true? And Ken says, you know, I don't know how to meditate. And Edie says, well, I'm a hypnotherapist. I can try using hypnotherapy to get you into a meditative state, and then we'll see what happens. So she wrote a script, and we tried it a few times, and nothing happened. But one day, we were at home just doing chores around the house, and Kent tells me, Renee, sit down at the table. I want you to write something down for me. And he's standing behind me. He started dictating a new visualization to be used for the hypnosis. And the previous one had him going, walking downstairs, where this one had him going onto an elevator and watching the floor numbers change as the elevator rose. So the next time we saw Edie, we gave her this paper with the new visualization. And when she used it, Kent immediately started having vision. Pardon? Pardon? Nobody's saying anything. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting some feedback. I'm sorry. So um, Kent started getting visions, and then he has started hearing dictation in his head. So I'll wow. let him take over. So we began 
the journey of meditation. And I was then in my probably the 61, I had retired from the from the, uh, from the city fire and was working for a port as a fire marshal. And I was not sure what I was getting. I wasn't sure that this was right. And, and Renee says, you can't keep deciding whether you want to stay on this route or not because uh, a couple of weeks I would be all excited and, and, and after what I've heard and and then I'd wait for something to happen because I completely asked for confirmation like I did when I was in court. <laughs> okay, if you say only this, you got to confirm it. So with this, um, we were up and down, up and down until approximately um, probably about four years later. And as I, as I was going med- each time I'd go in meditation, I would, I would have a professor of some particular discipline talking to me. And... About four years later, after meeting a guru um, from um, southern India, and I told him I just needed to know if what I'm getting is correct or it's a bunch of baloney, and I met with him, and and we talked for for about two hours, two three hours, and he confirmed everything I had gotten. He said, "But you can't tell people humanity of your predictions because." They will not believe it. Only teach the lessons. So from then on, we've been teaching the lessons. We put the book together. The ones that I had got the information was give me the name of the book, a study in Renaissance. Which I went, whoa, that's that's quite a quite a name. The augmentation of man, and we began to get the information and put it together. Now, just um, recently, uh, recently, they told us to open the predictions. Open the predict- because we were not ready. So, so with that, um, we put together the book, The Augmentation of Man, A Study in Renaissance. And I, I want us to let people know where they can purchase the book. Is uh, They can go to the website, Verdiance. That's V-E-R-D-I-A-N-C-E. V-E-R, V is in victory, E-R-D-I-A-N-C-E dot com. And you can um, not only access the book and, and purchase it uh, through the website, the information is self-explanatory, but you can also tune into these amazing blogs that they write. There's just so much knowledge here. This is just such a beautiful, rich, and powerful story, you know, right time, right way. Of, of coming into the right connection and how energetically you were feeling each other coming into the future and the psychic that predicted now all these things are coming. I mean, what a journey. What a beautiful journey. Oh, I tell you, it has been amazing. And I can honestly say that we are not the same people that we were prior to starting this journey. We <laughs> I have bet been not. Com- I bet not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have been completely um, taught by the spiritual world. And even um, we have intentionally not read too many other people's works because we did not want it to influence what we were doing at a subconscious level. Because then Kent would wonder, 
Now, is that something I got out of a book, or is this something I'm really getting? Sure, so, I totally understand that. You know, Ernest Holmes used to say that, um, well, he's quoted as saying, I, I, he wasn't living when I would have had a chance to meet him, but um, he was quoted as saying that he didn't even, you know, read one book at a time. He would read two or three because he didn't want one of them you know, to really influence him in a particular way. Good for you. I mean, I, I totally understand that. I've, I've always been kind of strong on that myself, that I feel the greatest knowledge we get is what's being downloaded inside ourselves, that we're drawing Absolutely. from something somewhere else. So, yeah. um, wow. And I mean, it really that- took on a bold uh, calling. This isn't something you talk about every day at a, a Tupperware party at, or a, <laughs> no. a society <laughs> meeting or at the fire department. No. <laughs> we... We completely um, did a whole 180, and it was several years later that we actually started telling people because we felt a little bit guilty about we have changed diametrically, and these people don't even know who we really are anymore. <laughs> but we, we, we'll talk about that because when you increase your vibrational level to a higher level of understanding – you lose the friends that you had you, and because they don't understand you, and you gain new friends at the same level that you've gone to. And people don't understand that. You really don't lose anything. You gain all around. It goes back to that vibrational attraction and attracting events and people into your life at the same level of vibration that you are at. We want to say the book can be gotten. Um, Balboa Press um, was was our book um, publisher, and so Amazon and um, um, any bookstore. Yeah, can any order major it. bookstore could actually order it, and they carried it through them. So with that, we say the augmentation of man is a difficult read. My brother had to read it four times or five times before he began to understand it. And it, it, it is a fluid new language kind of um, based in Greek and Latin root words that make up the new language um, that they have taught us. So we are, uh, we are learning much more than we ever learned before. And it's introducing conceptual understanding. We have been in perceptual understanding for thousands of years. And that's perceiving an event that happens. And we are moving towards a conceptual understanding, understanding the event, the concepts of the event. So our, um, our purpose here is we are injecting ourselves into a holographic experiential learning field. And it is much more detailed than the hologram that we understand because it, ha- it ties in all the senses. It ties in our physical movement, our attachment to this body. The DNA is dialed into the vibration of the earth, which is the planet that we chose to incarnate to. So the hologram, when we speak of a hologram, and I think it's confusing because other t- people talk about our being in a hologram, it, um, 
it's on a much different level than we understand hologram as a projection into a stream of light. So all these, um, the learning that we're gaining, the everything is about the learning. And all of creation, um, our life purpose, reincarnation, is all about our ever-expanding consciousness. Yeah, that's why we're here. We're here to learn. And we're not here to play golf or to play baseball. That's the side thing we choose. We are here to learn and understand. And by doing that, we can increase our ability um, on a vibrational level to a higher vibration. And it's not easy to do. As, as as you well know, people choose their own events, and uh, they like to blame others for the results of that event or whatever, but they choose an event, and it's called angular learning. So when Kent says choosing an event, we go through our lives, and we're presented with decisions all the time. Every day we have a decision to make, multiple decisions to make. And those decisions ultimately lead to an event. Now, we can um, be subjective about our analysis of that event in that we can say, I don't like this situation. I don't like being here. For example, somebody who is just struggling to make ends meet. But And here's where karma fits in, is that our interpretation of karma is off in that we have to experience both sides of that learning event in order to have a balanced understanding. Both sides can mean if, uh, learning, uh, learning rich. Absolutely, that, that makes, that makes perfect core, sense. You know, yeah. Well, we're going to be um, coming back after, after break and um, for you to take the opportunity to talk more elaborate around the book, The Augmentation of Man, a study in the Renaissance, and and to support people with some of the the practical things in everyday life that we can do and be a be a part of. I mean, it's just uh, really cool. I'm so glad I ran into you. You never know, you know, what you're going to run into in Houston, right? All right. <laughs> you're listening <laughs> to Temple Hayes and the Intentional Spirit and. Kent and Renee Miller, and we will be right back after this short break. Thank you for being with us. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Here's Rev. Paul Hasselbeck with a Unity Teachable Moment, taken from a talk at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts. All good is defined as divine mind, God, and I love this, 
the principle of divine benevolence that permeates the universe. So God is not good like a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout. God is the good, the principle of benevolence. And benevolence is basically the disposition to do good or to treat others well and things like that. And so, so in that moment, when, you, when you're not wanting to offer grace to somebody, you can remember at the very point of you is this principle of benevolence. And as we remember that, we can draw on it and then we use that principle to offer grace. To find more from Reverend Paul Hasselbeck, visit the radio archives at unityonlineradio.org. For over 23 years, Liz Dawn and her team at Celebrate Your Life have been presenting transformative events with some of the world's leading spiritual teachers. Experience a Celebrate Your Life event for yourself, October 31st to November 4th in beautiful Sedona, Arizona. Explore your spirituality and open your mind to some new ideas. These events are awesome soul fests that heal and transform. Log on to CelebrateYourLife.com to find out more. Follow UnityOnlineRadio.org on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and stay up to date with everything Unity. Become a fan by clicking the like button. You can join in with a Facebook Live event or just like and share our inspirational messages and posts. Be the first to find out about any big special guests on the radio, giveaways, or events at Unity Village. Make sure you leave any questions or comments about Unity programming. We want to hear from you. If you're wondering what's holding you back from living your passion, it's probably you. Get out of your own way and join Vincent Jenna every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time for Stop Stopping Yourself. Vincent uses his gifts as a psychic medium and spiritual teacher, as well as a master's in social work to help people find real answers to what's causing them pain. Listen live and join the show with your questions and comments right here on unityonlineradio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and thank you for being with us. Really appreciate all you're about and your participation with our shows and our, our wonderful guests, such as the guests we have today, Kent and Renee Miller. Just to um, reiterate, to please visit us at firstunity.org. We have a lot of new up-and-coming things happening and templehays.com. We have a lot of travel coming with uh, Spirit at Sioux Cruises. We also have um, a time at Unity Village in June of uh, 2020. So lots of things on the horizon and love to have you be part of it. But today we're being part of a really rich and wonderful conversation. And I want to hand the microphone back over to Kent and Renee because they have us like really spellbound with their their life, how they found each other, how they connected, and the work that they're doing. And they have some good surprises to let us know about the future of of our, our world. So here we are. We're back. Okay. Um, <laughs> just to complete the idea of what's in the first book is the earth changes, um, the transformation has occurred, um, the relationship of why we are here 
and introduction to universal laws and concepts. But the second book is a much easier read, which we have probably finished within a couple of months, and it's called The Augmentation of Man to the Acquiescence of Humanity. And we go into genetics on that particular book. It's a history of man. And Bob Renee speak about the DNA and the genetics that it's incorporated in the second book. Well, um, when humanity was created, um, we we were actually created race from um, entities outside of the earth. Um, they were here mining, and actually. Um, Zechariah Sitchin's book, The Twelfth Planet, we asked about it. It's got a, our guides say it's at 98% accuracy. But um, we were kind of dumbed down genetically, not kind of, kind of a lot. <laughs> and, um, over the years, that the genes have been turned on, and a little at a time, a little at a time. We're part of an experiment, an ongoing experiment, and it has to do with... Um, how the other races outside of here, um, they didn't have record of their own history, and they didn't understand how evolution takes place from its earliest point. So at this point in time, um, humanity has um, lost that connection with the outside world and we've kind of made some decisions that have taken us down a road where we have exploited the earth and um, we need to make some big changes. And so um, this is a period of time of transformation and this transformation has been explained, I think, in terms of... um, you know, very positive terms, but there is this bumpy road we have to go through. And um, so the earth has to rebalance herself from uh, a lot of things that we've done to it, but things that happen naturally over the eons. Well, Renee, you may talk about the DNA restructuring that's uh, right. we've had confirmed from the things that we got in 2007 and 2008, what's coming in from outside of earth that's um, actually... Um, causing our DNA to somewhat being restructured. So um, what has to occur is that we genetically have to be upgraded in order that we can intellectually understand things in a larger parameter, a bigger scope. We have to have a wider um, view of what we're doing to this earth and our interactions with this earth. And so our genes are going to be upgraded in a number of ways. We have genes that currently are not being expressed that some scientists call junk DNA because it's assumed kind of like the um, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, the organ. I'm kind of drawing a blank right now, the appendix um, that is no longer needed. But that is contrary to what we're being told, and that is that these genes were intentionally turned off, and now um, 
they have to turn on all relevant DNA in order to bring us up to a level of intellectual capacity so that we understand on a wiser level how to interact with the earth and to prepare us for the conceptual learning cycle that we are now entering into. In my meditation, they said that the human race is probably in the equivalent of a universal kindergarten. And I got thinking like our kindergarten. Yeah, they said, yeah well, I can say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our abilities are way, way small, and we have a lot of area to learn and to understand. And the the new discoveries each and every week in science confirms we got the, 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 the gamma particles, the neural net, the plasma cords, all these things we had gotten that the Creator, God, created, and now we're beginning, we, Renee and I, and you, and, and those that have the higher level of understanding, and those that want to come into a higher level of understanding are beginning to put the dots together, which is amazing in the human, um, I guess, human psyche, I guess you could say. But humans will slowly move into this complicated uh, area, and we're hoping that they will awaken enough before the changes that are coming that they will understand and prepare for these changes. Now, the two purposes of us being here, of course, is to, if we can, hear God's words or the words of those that are that are supposed to be talking to humans. Um, many thousand years ago, the ancients used... Uh, the creator to direct which way their tribes would go, the native people, and where they would settle. And over all these eons, the humanity has lost that ability to listen. And now we listen through meditation and prayer, which is basically the same. When you show your bright light, prayer is really answered when you are in need of real prayer, uh, such as uh, cancer, such as a car overturned, you're trapped in a canyon, things where you really need God to intervene because you have given up everything else. So meditation, deep meditation, can also accomplish the same thing. And we're talking about man has to be ready for what is coming and, and to learn and understand. Part of that genetic upgrade, too, is going to enable people to um, gradually learn how to communicate telepathically. And so when we meditate and we can hear communication in our mind, it's actually a type of telepathic communication between the spiritual guide and the person. And it's a teacher-student relationship. And so we are going to have that reconnection again in the near future, and people will be able, not everybody, but those who are ready for the conceptual learning cycle, which is a higher learning. It's um, Conceptual is when you take several ideas or data points and you're able to connect the dots between all of them and see this in a much bigger picture. 
where everything is tied together. And so um, we have to be ready for that level of understanding. So um, people will start to move in that direction. The turning on of the, the genes is going to enable more and more people to be able to have spiritual communication. Okay, and then we, we, we also learned about uh, what Earth changes, like the pole shift and understanding what it, what it means. Um, the pole shift, in, in, well, I'll put it as in Revelations in the, in the Bible itself, it says a man will see a new heaven and earth. And I could never figure that out. How, we, how can we do this? And I finally figured out if the pole shifts change approximately 20 degrees, we are going to see a whole new group of stars. And that's the heaven. We will see a whole new group. And Earth change, the land masses will begin to move, and that's the Earth change. But also that we are going to be experiencing life in a whole new way. We are going to see life completely different than the way we look at it now. And we're going to be learning in a higher level of learning, which is really going to accelerate our spiritual understanding. Isn't that a great thing? It is. And when you you talk about that, how in the day-to-day how how do you feel it will be it will be different in the in the practical sense will we move beyond a place of exchange of currency and mm-hmm. materialism and and the, those kind of things uh, i mean is there are there other like visions that you're seeing i get i get the overview and the essence of it but how does it affect people day to day well we're starting to see the changes now and if you look around we've got a lot of chaos going on what is happening is that um, we have a lot of changes at a level that are imperceptible to us at this current time and some of these changes are um, actually causing us to be more polarized. Um, They're actually accentuating ideology. This is where we have to become neutral. And and it takes a lifetime to learn how to become neutral and to not be drawn in to the drama that's taking place here on Earth. But it it is all a lesson right now. We We have to kind of observe and understand what's going on. But that being said is that this chaos is going to destroy the social systems that exist now to make way for a whole new way of doing things. We don't know about um, currency. Um, It may be that for a period of time that we may have to barter And I've even asked about how do some of these other worlds use currency. And the answer was that the closest inhabited planet to Earth uses a currency of a, it's like a caloric, a food wafer. And it is given... Um, depending on what their physical requirements are. 
meaning how physical is their work, and if it's a more physical job, then they require more food requirement. So they are issued, their currency is a food currency. I think that ultimately we need to start thinking how we want to do it differently and taking the lessons from the past, what has not worked, what has led to corruption, what has led to this imbalance, and what can we do with our, within our own areas to um, bring forth a new level of currency that's not going to be abused? Yeah, in our lectures, we, we tell those that are attending, here's a question for you to contemplate. If you were to design a new world that uh, humanity can live in, how would you design it? And that's a pretty deep question because there's a lot of things that you have to think about. But how would you design it so everyone would get along and and express their own terms without somebody um, being violent against them. You see, they told the, they told me while I was in meditation, um, man, humanity is is somewhat violent because you can't you have to learn to get along with each other, and if you cannot get along with with each other, which we have shown we cannot, how can you get along with those outside of your own planet? So we first need to learn how to get along and accept one another here, whether it be race or belief systems, whatever you fill the blank in with, we need to come to acceptance of one another before we can have that reconnection with others from outside the earth. Because if we can't even accept each other here, we're certainly not ready for what exists out in the universe. Yeah, and we've seen this at certain unity uh, here, Houston unity, and where people of various backgrounds, uh, races, and etc., accept each other. When you get in the house of God, you tend to drop all your uh, secure things around you that that you walk down the street that you think protect you, and you open yourself up to those around you with a common acceptance creator, which is really good. Yeah, yeah, especially in in communities such as all of ours that's welcoming and embracing and believes in one presence, one power with many names, that's for sure. Absolutely. Renee? You believe what? Um, I think as far as other social systems that, um, you know, our school system, I I have the, now this is a feeling, but um, I have the feeling that we're going to move into a direction of possibly homeschooling. Um, certainly people will be doing more meditating and connecting to their higher self for um, the download of information at the soul level, that has to occur first before we can have 
telepathic communication with, say, a spiritual entity who will teach us. So there is a process, and there are steps in the process to getting there. So um, first in the process is we have to come to an understanding of our world in reality, the truth of our world. And that is what is occurring today with the chaos is destroying our perceptions and the truth is coming out. But um, we also have to come into the truth of how the universe sees the truth on a spiritual level, why we're here and how, how it all works. And then from there, once we have a basic good foundation of um, our belief system that's aligned to a universal truth, then the meditation will um, allow us to start reconnecting with our higher self, which is a part of the soul that process and takes us on our journey of learning. When we can access the higher self, then we can download all that stored information that the soul has and feeding it back to the physical self. The thing is here, are you willing to learn what your higher self tells you what you need to know? Or are you just going to ignore it and continue on with your everyday life? That's the choice people have to make. You have to say, okay, I am really willing to go on this journey. And wherever it tells me to go, I will go because those are their, those are, they are their other places. People are there to learn. And we are all teachers and students. No matter where we are on our journey, we all are teachers and students. So from our higher self, then we can start communicating with spiritual entities. And there is a universe that is a communicating universe. Everything is connected through um, source, which um, a lot of people use the term source as referring to the creator, which is not all that incorrect, but we're taught that source is the communication tool of the creator, of God the creator, and it's a network, and all these entities can access it, but it's for higher levels of understanding. It's beyond what the human capacity is at this point. What it branches down into is a a smaller, more diffused information network called the Neuronet. And that is what we can access. And it would be similar to when we Google something and we want just a quick answer. That would be the Neuronet telepathic communication with a spirit guide is going to give us more um, sentences, longer, um, a longer lesson per se. So that's how we can kind of decipher the, the difference between the two. Source and the neural net are connected, um, and it's kind of like the um, electric grid. Yeah, where you have where the... Uh, the the generators are that manufacture electricity and then it goes to a substation. Substation become basically the source. The creator God is the the generator, the the plant that uh, that produces the energy. 
because the substation becomes a source, which then goes down to um, your units outside your house, which, which is transformers, and then it comes in your house. Because if we if, if we cannot understand it, what how, how powerful this energy is, it'd be like plugging your computer into a 220 outlet. We always know we all know what will happen then. So this has to be dumbed down to a point from the pole to our house to 110, and we are the 110. Well, we're trying to learn the communication. We're trying to understand what all this is about, what this whole thing about source is, where it all comes from. And we have to accept our past, whether things happen to you as a child or as an adult. We have to accept it. Don't let it run your life as you are now because it really most times it does not have any bearings on what you're doing right now we have to line our to our inner self which is so important about following your true passion and then we are looking around look at the lessons that we are to learn from the environment around us our environment dictates our lessons unfortunately rather than us analyzing what our environment is and whether it's true or false and then we have to realize we are given a lot of illusions on our perception, and which will direct us into like going down the kind of rabbit down down the wrong hole. We need to really try to focus, analyze, to stay on our path, our true path that we feel is for us to learn and understand. So um, it's not about judgment. So many people. Um, are really tormented by traumatic events of their past. This is all learning field. And sometimes people do atrocious things to other people. And eventually we will move out of that as we graduate from this perceptual learning cycle and we move into a higher level of learning. We have more genetic expression. We're more intelligent. We're more spiritually connected. We will treat each other like we're supposed to treat each other. Right. But um, what we're being told by our spiritual guides is that um, we need to lessen that focus on past events Take what understanding we get out of it and and just kind of release it and start focusing on the future and our future movement because we cannot move forward as long as we are being held back by our past. And, um, you know, we all have those things in that we don't want to look at that or we kind of shove them into the shadows. Things that perhaps decisions we made or things that weren't our decision that were imposed on us and traumatic events. Um, some of those things we don't want to take out of the closet because they're too traumatic. But there are other things that um, we, we put a lot of guilt on ourselves um, it's self-inflicted, and it has to do with decisions that we made or um, other other things. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of being loved. Those sort of things are self-inflicted. 
And if we take those out of the shadows and look at what is the root of this thought, it really is liberating. It's really, um, it sets you free. When you come to understand where that came from, now we always have our regressions. We kind of take those three steps forward and two steps back, but at least we're moving forward. And it's important that we don't hold ourselves hostage by guilt because this is not about judgment. This is about learning. Yeah. Everybody has their self-worth. Remember, it's this amazing is all, all the knowledge that the two of you have. An hour yeah. is just scratching the surface. Wow. <laughs> It's been a wonderful time. Bless you, and we'll stay connected and probably going to be on a cruise if not talk to you before. What a gift. That would be fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.